Being in the present moment or the here and now means that we are aware and mindful of what is happening at this very moment. We are not distracted by ruminations on the past or worries about the future, but centered in the here and now. All of our attention is focused on the present moment. That comes from Thumb 2008. Y'all, I like thinking about the future. I'm goal-oriented. But I do believe in this whole present moment vibe mental health people have going on. Is there a way to marry the two and still keep your brain happy? Welcome to another episode of Happy Brain. My name is Heather Parody, and thank you for joining us as we explore the fun side to mental health by digging into the simple hacks and fun tips to make your mental health journey more enjoyable and your brain a little happier. The ability to be present in the moment is a major component of mental wellness. That comes from Abraham Maslow. Today, we are talking about how to honor the present moment, even when you are a goal-oriented person like a girl here. What's up, y'all? I'm Heather Parody. I'm so grateful that you are here. Before we get started on today's episode, I want to remind you that we have a survey linked in our show notes for Happy Brain listeners. We ask you a few questions with the intent to make this show better and better, and we'll be giving away some gift cards to random survey participants. So again, that is linked in the show notes. Thank you for taking a moment to fill that out. So I reach out to therapists on the regular to get them on the show to talk about different tips and tricks to keep your brain happy, stay mentally healthy. And I connected with Luke Hayslip, which is a licensed clinical social worker and master of public health graduate, and asked him if he had any tips to keep your brain happy. And he said that, yeah, staying present while remaining future oriented. And that just confused me, Luke, because I feel like, I don't know, I felt a little bit of shame, I guess, around being a future-oriented person, a very goal-driven and all that. And within the, within the mental health space, you know, they're always advocate for staying in the present moment. So sometimes I feel bad because I'm I'm thinking about the future a lot, right? I understand and I get where you're coming from. I'm definitely that person who can be at point A and is already planning for point D. It's funny because, you know, this wasn't something that I came up in a profound moment. It was something that I cultivated over years, you know, through lots of ups and downs, through challenges. Um, and I actually, I have to give a shout out, give some credit to a therapist that I personally saw when I was in my sophomore year of college. Because I was sitting there and I was talking about the challenge of undergrad. And my response to it was saying, well, how am I going to get through grad school? And she said, well, why don't you focus on getting through undergrad first? And I, it was like a, a mini epiphany in that moment. Like, that's such a simple yet, you know, deep kind of concept. And I, I think since that point, I've, I've been able to really practice and hone in on that and encourage it with my own clients that, you can look ahead. You can look at those next goals and those next steps. But what's really crucial and what's important for your own mental health, your anxiety, your well-being is to be able to bring yourself back to that, that present current moment and be able to say, hey, you know, I'm still looking ahead. I still want to look for grad school ideas. But, you know, what am I going to do for my paper tomorrow? Mm -hmm. What's going to be my class, you know, next week? Staying in the present while still being aware of that 
future goal. How, how do you, I guess, tame that awareness of the future without it like dragging you like a car in a rope where it starts causing like some anxiety because yeah, I can hold space for it, but how do I kind of, I guess, control it? Is control even a good word there? I don't know. How do we, how do we measure and monitor that? Yeah, I, I would say it's, it's kind of like, you know, going to the pound and, and getting a, a dog that's very, you know, unruly, never really has been, you know, trained before. Um, you're not expecting that they're going to be, you know, the most perfectly in tune, you know, obedient dog that listens to every command. But what you kind of hope for is that, you know, they can sit, they can roll over, they can do a few of those basic commands. They're just enough to keep them safe and keep them with you and aware of their surroundings. And I, I, I like to think that none of us are perfect. There's no such thing as perfection, no matter what anyone will tell you on that subject. And it, it's okay, you know, to let yourself wander. It's okay to let yourself kind of get distracted and, you know, get away from that, that present mindful sense of being engaged. But it's what you do in that moment where you practice pulling it back, just, mm. you know, in the moment, just pulling it back, finding something to connect yourself with what's going on right here. I, I, I consume this type of content and I've never heard it explained that well of like a visual of a dog that's wild because you'd have to be a little bit patient with yourself and forgiving because this is a wild part of your brain or, mm. you know, your thought process that hasn't um, been tamed yet. I love that, Luke. So give me, give me, maybe I'm going to give you a real life example and, and let's walk through this together. So I'm working on being present. Um, I'm also working on my goals for next year. Okay. okay. So I'm breaking down all my big goals and I got a big goal. I got a couple of really big things that is kind of scary. And so I broke it all down into like quarterly stuff and all that. Um, it's, I'll tell you, it's really hard for me to look at the things I have for this week because my mm -hmm. eyeballs start switching over to quarter three and quarter four and getting a little anxiety about that. Like, that's really big. How am I going to get there? And so it's really hard for me to look at this list for this week right now um, because I'm excited, but I'm also stressed about this next year. So tactically, what would I do to not neglect my year-end goals, but also honor What's the task at hand? I mean, I, I hate to follow up, you know, a metaphor, similar example with another kind of example. I love metaphors. Okay. Well, then Let's I will do it. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of think of it a little bit akin to, you know, nutrition or, you know, diet. Um, where I've sometimes, you know, struggled with, you know, saying kind of that all or nothing mentality where I've said, you know, I'm going to cut out sweets completely, do nothing like that. So you're kind of going from, you know, eating the bag of cookies to eating nothing and you're craving it. So what I've kind of introduced nutritionally or in other parts of my life is, you know, taking a taste of it. So mm. the same way that I'm looking at those goals for today, for tomorrow, for next week, while still being aware of those long-term goals, I might dip my toe in and say, you know, hey, I've got that big project, that big idea for next year or later in the year. I know I'm not going to tackle that now, but is there something I can do to alleviate some of that anxiety or that pre-anxiety about the event? You know, can I do a little bit of prep work, do a little tiny bit just to ease that part of my brain and then know that I'm yeah. going to go back and really work on those immediate, you know, present moment goals and bring myself back to that present moment without truly fully neglecting that part of my brain that is, you know, thinking about next year. 
how do I know that maybe I'm not as present as I should be? And maybe, because maybe it's a learned pattern. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like when you get in this anxiety loop of stressing about the future and stuff, like sometimes it's hard to even recognize that's what you're doing because you've just lived that way for so long. So maybe what are some ways to know that maybe this is affecting you at another level that is harmful? Sure. I mean, I, I do think that the more you practice, and I mean, I, I love CBT, you know, cognitive behavior therapy, DBT. I love just being able to practice recognizing warning signs, recognizing new coping skills you can practice. But I also really recognize the value of having people in my life that I can turn to and honestly say, you know, give me a quick snapshot. Do you think that I'm, you know, where I should be? Am I, am I engaged in the present? Or do you see me kind of, you know, fumbling, making those stumbles? I, I would say that we have this notion, I think, especially in mental health, that when we go to work on something or we go to tackle an issue in our life, it kind of has to be something that only we do. And obviously, mental health is it's a very personal, intimate thing where you do want it to be, you want to be the driver. You want to be the one in control of your, your journey, your movement. But it's also really critical to have those people that you can turn to and say, hey, give me a really objective you know, idea. I'm not really sure right now where I'm at. You might have a better idea where I am at. Have people in your life. It's so important. We were not created to do this alone. Side note, that's why we have our Discord. It's linked up in the show notes if you do need community. Also linked up the show notes is Luke's LinkedIn. Make sure you connect with him. Give him a big thank you for coming on today's show. But before we go, Luke, anything else? Um, I would just say that it's it's important to be able to pace yourself, you know, to know that you don't have to go from that zero to 100 where, you know, I'm I'm very fortunate that I've had, you know, the ability to practice, you know, and learn from from school through my you know, private practice. These tips are not things that you will immediately pick up or immediately understand completely. And that's okay. But it's it's crucial to practice and to explore and to experiment with different techniques that, you know, that best speak to you. Um, yeah. Personally, I'm a huge proponent of mindfulness, of meditation. Um, but I know that, and I've worked with a lot of different populations, you know, you, you talk with someone who's dealing with anxiety and doing a guided meditation of, you know, walking down a beach path might relax them. But you talk to someone who's detoxing and that's not what they need. Yeah. You know, I, I know it's an elaborate example, but really just kind of honing what works for you and recognizing those coping skills is probably the biggest thing that anyone can can really do for themselves. It's crucial to explore and play with techniques that speak to you. This is an individualized journey that we are on, my friends. Play around with things, try different techniques, find your own remedy for your own mental health. Listen, I'd love to hear from you. Find us over on Instagram at happybrainfm. But until next time, y'all, whether it is increasing gratitude with gratitude jars, adding more adventure, to your day by climbing trees or looking forward to your goals while still remaining present. We just hope you take a moment for yourself today, my friends, and keep that brain of yours happy. Thank you for listening to another episode of Happy Brain. If you enjoyed this, make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you have an extra second, leave us an honest review over on iTunes or your Apple podcasting app. 
And until next time, my friends, keep that brain of yours happy. 